like my father was in East Tennessee land of home free spent time as a kid hills of Carolina mountains and valleys there there's no place finer still my time keeps ticking away I'll just keep Hello. Hey guys. How is everyone doing? It is officially March. We're getting yes. closer to springtime. The sun came out here in mm -hmm. Tennessee. I'm so excited. Yes. And the sun now sets past 6 p.m. or at least at 6 p.m. So I'm telling you. Really exciting. Yeah. Um, and to have some summery nights and not like I live in Alaska because that gets real depressing real quick. <laughs> The, the way I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have like really bad seasonal depression. And then the sun comes out and it's 60 degrees one day. And it's like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> I do have seasonal depression. This person, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's my joy and serotonin and dopamine. Yes. And vitamin Literally. D. Gosh, that's so important. <laughs> oh, my God. I just realized the other day I haven't been taking my vitamin D. So, I was oh, like, bitch, you better start. I took like three. You should. I take like three every day. You'll go down a deep <laughs> rabbit hole if you don't get your vitamin D. It's amazing how many things with your immune system it's tied to. It's actually a huge piece of a lot of autoimmune disorders. That's so. true. I'm almost always insufficient. So it took me a year of taking it all the time to get caught up. But I'm Sarah. I'm the older ailing cousin. <laughs> <laughs> ailing. <laughs> I'm Morgan. I'm the I'm the younger cousin. He just taking my a couple vitamin vitamins. <laughs> yeah. So update on my health saga. At this point, we have now identified that I have an immune problem and my body is not making immunoglobin. So I am checking LabCorp daily to get my report on how I'm dying this time so that I can get on the next new injection to feel better because I've had a sinus infection and stomach infection now all year. But I'm yeah. just every day that I'm like able to be present and like get through my day and take a few extra medications. I am just thankful. I'm so thankful for my health. When you get sick and can't do stuff, it makes you really thankful for the smaller things in life. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. And I'm I'm hoping we get some some good answers and news soon with Sarah's health. Um, is it our Nana who always says health is wealth? It's true. It is true. Yeah. I mean, you can, yeah, you can have all the money in the world, all the whatever in the world, but if you don't have your health, it's, you don't have if anything. If you don't feel good. Yeah. And you can enjoy anything. Which, you know, we talked about a lot on our last episode, um, yeah. how important the mind and body connection is to overall physical health. So take that vitamin D. Yes. Don't forget it. <laughs> At the least, yeah. Hey, I take my greens. I take all my medications, all my vitamins, drink my water. Like I am trying all the homeopathic and doctor prescribed ways to feel better every day. <laughs> yes. Love our greens powder. I do a green smoothie with my greens powder almost every day too. And I'm on the amazing grass that Morgan got me on. Yes, we love that. We're not getting paid to say this. I no, we're were, not. But, but <laughs> we love actually, amazing grass. I literally shared it with somebody just today that and I was like, you got to take this every day. And like yeah, the Amazon link. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I did. I love amazing grass. I'm a big yep. fan. 
yeah, yeah, you guys should get some. Um, yeah. So, okay. Before we get into this episode, well, I'll tell you guys, this is, um, exciting because this is attracted to our trauma part two, part two. again. And that's be a lot of parts. I don't know if she said yeah. it. Did I, th- I think I did. Oh yeah. Okay. Cause I said, I- I'm taking my vitamin D. Oh, that's right. That was a couple of days ago and I haven't taken it again since. So I need to go. I'm Morgan and I'm going to take my vitamin D after this episode. <laughs> um, but so what was I saying? Oh, so this is attracted to our trauma part two. We've mentioned before, you know, there's going to be many parts to this one because we have a lot in this in this department. Um, but before we got into we get into that, um, I wanted to mention I know we posted on our Instagram, um, but I have I'm, have watched all of euphoria um i think sarah maybe hasn't watched all of I'm it i'm not yet. caught up y'all i'm a there's so much tv no, but no, i fall asleep every time i go lay down so. <laughs> exactly there's too much tv to watch um yeah. but i i wrote an article about how i think it's one of the most accurate depictions of mental health and, or excuse me mental illness and addiction and how they're intertwined that i've ever seen kind of portrayed in, in film um her and article I, is so well written it is so professional y'all gotta check it out we'll have a link posted yeah it's on our website too um I I, yeah so I yeah I wrote that article um I feel strongly about that hot take of mine um but I just finished season two the finale I will give no spoilers but there were two notes or kind of like two little quotes that I heard that I haven't even shared with Sarah yet but they were so fucking good and I was like I have to share them on the podcast because they're so relevant um So there were two quotes. One, the first one, basically it was um, Rue, the main character, who is the one who struggles with, she has bipolar disorder and she also struggles with addiction. And she was talking to her friend, another character whose dad is, is an active addict and kind of has is no longer in her life. So Rue was kind of giving her advice about her friend's dad from her own experience of being an addict. Um, and she said, she said, that's the problem. He only wants to be better for you because he loves you a lot more than he loves himself. And when she said that, I was like, oh, that's so powerful. Damn. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, he only wants to get better for you, which is why he doesn't get better. Uh, that one, I feel like that's a good one, right? I also think that really ties to codependency and people who maybe, you know, struggle with alcoholism or addiction and get in new relationships and want to do better for that person, exactly. which is great until things are not great with your relationship. So it has to be for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And just like, I feel like if you've been a child of a parent with addiction, like that's such a a quote that, I don't know, it kind of gives me peace. Like that's the problem. He only wants to be better for you because he loves you a lot more than he loves himself, which means like, yeah, probably won't get better um, because it's not for them. But you can like kind of make peace with like they they love you, you know, Uh, and it's not about they're not they're not not getting better because they don't love you enough. Right. Um, so I thought that was a really beautiful quote. And then um, the other one was she was talking about, they were both talking about like the, the tra- trauma and shit they've been through. And the friend said it happened for a reason, like referring to like all the trauma. And she said, but you have to give it a reason, which is kind of like, does that make sense? Just hearing that out of context to you? Yeah. It's like, you can, you can sit there and say like, Oh, I guess they were referring to Rue's father who had passed. So Rue was like, you know, people always say, oh, it happened for a reason. It happened for a reason when shitty stuff happens. But it's like you have to give it a reason and you kind of have to like you can't let it consume you. And you have to like let that kind of drive you and and move forward in life. Yeah. You can't just like keep justifying 
because of the reason. And like back to the one um, about the first quote, you know, I used to have a really big problem um, and it's just very new that I've, I've gotten past it, but you know, my two biological parents are both were always active users, uh, you know, suffered with alcoholism and like always just felt as a child, especially like I'm just not good enough. Like if you loved me, you wouldn't do this. Like I'm just not good enough. And it's like, I finally know now that you have to disassociate it. It, it, it's not about their love for you. It doesn't matter. You know, they, it doesn't measure how much they care for you. They care for you, but it goes back to them. And it's something that you can't say, oh, I'm not good enough, you know, as a child, as a partner, as, you know, a parent, because it's not that. And they really do mm-hmm. love you. That humanity part, as Morgan likes to pull in, is there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's good. It's, it's helpful. It, it kind of helps you accept things when you think of it that way, for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're going to now I'm glad you mentioned codependency because that helps us kind of ease into the topic. So we're going to discuss some fun stories of when we have ended up dating people who are also struggling with alcoholism and (laughs) addiction, which is interesting because it, (laughs) I always feel the, the times this has happened to me, like I feel a ton of shame because I'm like, damn, if anybody should have known it's me. Like I know this shit. I grew up around it. Like I know the red flags. I know the signs. Like I know this better than anybody. How, how was I fooled? Like there's a lot of shame when it comes to. And it's crazy that we were fooled. And I think it was our own minds taking over, but like I have a drug and alcohol meter. Like you would never believe I can look at characteristics and behaviors of a person and be like, they are on this. They're doing this. I mean, when you are consumed by it your entire life, your meter's high. Yeah. Apparently right up until, yeah. You put on the rose colored glasses. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Then your meter is, it doesn't work for it. It broke it. (laughs) Your, your alcohol and, and addiction radar is broken. Yep. Once you put those rose colored glasses on. God, it's, that's it. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've experienced. Um, It's dangerous territory too, because like, we think we're kind of immune to it because we know it, we've experienced it. Like we know all the signs, but then we also, you know, because like we've mentioned before, like it's, it's kind of hard in dating to like explain all of this to someone. So it's kind of nice when you meet someone who, you know, maybe has had some experience and understands and understands it. So it's very dangerous territory to be like, Oh, I won't be fooled. I know the signs. Like when I see it, I'll know it. And then also I want experience with it. And when you get into the middle of those two things, dangerous. So (laughs) great to trauma bond. Well, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly it. Uh, So so we'll tell a fun stories. Um, I'll start with, there was, I was supposed to go on a second date with someone who, um, you know, our first date, man, I thought it was fucking magical. I mean, and it's not to say it wasn't. I mean, it was a great first date, but did we do a shit ton of trauma bonding on that first date? We sure did. Yeah. This was a person who, um, you know, had expressed to me that they had had an issue in the past with alcohol and they had gone to rehab. And, you know, it, it was like, as soon as he mentioned rehab, I was like, oh, it was like a light, like a, a little like, oh my God, like he gets it. He understands yeah. what rehab is like. He's been through it himself. And he was so reflective of like, here's what I took away. And 
but he framed it as like, I didn't actually need it, but it was really great hearing everyone else's perspective that did actually need it, you know? And it was like, I was like, oh my God, like we have so much in common. This is amazing. This is my person, right? Isn't it? <laughs> Didn't you use the term a couple episodes ago, evolved fuckboys that have been to therapy? <laughs> Oh, yes. And this was a uh, model evolved fuckboy who's been to <laughs> therapy. Exactly. Yeah. Saying all the right things. So I was just like, oh, my God. So we were supposed to go on a second date, right? We'd had it planned. And it was like, I think we had gone on a first date on like a Thursday, like during the week. And then, you know, it was such a good first date. It lasted so long, like it was whatever, all the things that we were like, oh, let's let's see each other again this Saturday. Like it was just a few days later because we were that excited. Um, and uh you know, second date was supposed to happen. And lo and behold, uh, you know, we're texting throughout the day. And he's like, kind of telling me about how he's at brunch and drinking, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I'm kind of like, whatever. And then he it's getting apparent that like he's drinking significantly. And he's like, would you be mad if I like wasn't sober for for a date? LOL. Like he, and he like- thought it was like a funny thing. Quick pause. Morgan's time is valuable. She had planned her entire weekend with everyone else who wanted time with her around this event. This bitch wasn't eating anything but bland foods. Like she was preparing her body to not be bloated. She had planned everything around it, including like everything. And so for it to start crumbling like this after she'd already sacrificed her entire weekend, essentially, is Mm -hmm. just such a sign of disrespect. Oh, oh, I was pissed. And like, honestly, just genuinely hurt. Um, And yes, I mean, you're right. I am very meticulous about all the details and everything has to be perfect. And that applies to when I'm preparing for a date, you know? Yeah. Um, And I was looking forward to it, you know, and, and yeah, I'd planned my Saturday. And like you said, my Saturdays are valuable as, yes. should, as should everyone's be. Yes. Um, Saturdays should be dedicated to people who respect you and value you uh, and treat you well. Um, And so I was, I was fucking pissed and I should have walked away at that point. <laughs> That's the <laughs> lesson. Um, I did send this big, long text that was like, you know, like I'm, I'm, done with men who don't respect my time and like this is not okay and you know I told you about like the alcoholism in my family and like you know it's a huge red flag for me da, da, da. like I, I did state some boundaries and like really it was a pretty firm text um yeah and I was kind of like you know what if he is like really put off by this text and like he's not for me um we'll, we'll just see like who gives a fuck you know but after mm-hmm. that experience you know it was I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. like that was an, an okay way for me to respond and of course he responded and like Again, that evolved fuckboy language of like, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying and I, and I will not disrespect your time again. I hear you, you know, just like responded, you know, in the best way possible. Um, but nowadays, I think if that were to happen again, I would be like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> absolutely not. I will never see this man again. Um, and I mean, Morgan was trying to be healthy and even though she had the rose colored goggles on glasses, whatever you want to call them, who knows? I think they're like blinders too. They really, like they put on horses. Yes, exactly. (laughs) To keep them calm. She was doing everything healthy and holding her boundaries. This bitch had been single for a year, living Mm -hmm. it up by herself, working on herself, did all the work. She was in the healthiest space I've ever seen her in as a human being. And then he replied just so, I agree with you. You're right. This is me fucking up. Take responsibility. (sighs) 
Okay. In hindsight, I think that he viewed it as a challenge. Probably. That's actually a pretty good way to frame it. Um, yeah, he ended up having a definite issue with alcohol and coping with alcohol, um, which was very, and we ended up moving in together, which was really fucking hard because I've lived with an alcoholic before and it makes me feel very unsafe and triggers all my childhood shit. And even if I did, okay, let me give myself some credit too. Even if I did not have the childhood that I had, nobody should have to live with an alcoholic period. Like whether I'd lived with my mother as an alcoholic (laughs) or or not, like this was, it was literal hell. Um, This was a relationship. I got really sick or I didn't get really sick, but I lost a ton of weight and was constantly anxious. Um, There was one time when we were supposed to go to a baseball, well, we were going to a baseball game with all of my friends. You did go to a baseball game. We did go to the baseball game. Um, We had all of our friends over to my apartment because I lived close to the baseball game um, beforehand. And, you know, a lot of them were like co-workers as well or like previous co-workers. Um, like some of them had professionals. Like, yes, from from the U.S. Senate professionals. <laughs> uh, and some of them like I didn't really know well, but they'd come with my old co-workers. And so like, you know, adult shit. Um And of course, everyone was drinking before the baseball game, but, you know, reasonably, of course, he got completely shit faced. I was so embarrassed and so anxious. um, And he literally left me at the baseball game, just got up and left with two of his friends um, (laughs) without saying a fucking word to me, didn't say goodbye or anything. He had our apartment key. I had no key. um, And all of the friends and coworkers and colleagues that were with us had left their belongings at the apartment. Uh, Cause they were, they were just going to like, you know, leave the stuff, at the apartment. And then yeah. after the baseball game, grab it, hop on the Metro, go home. As you do um, in a city. Yes. As you do in the city. <laughs> and uh, I think his phone had maybe died. Um, or he just wasn't responding. Or he wasn't responding. Most likely that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the more likely <laughs> scenario. And it was, I mean, it was a fucking nightmare. Like it ruined the evening. I was so anxious and all of my friends could tell. I mean, I was trying to put on a happy face and they're like, where did he go? And I was like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, (laughs) but I was like absolutely fucking mortified. Um, and was even more mortified when I had to track him down. I had to like fucking FBI search, use my most detective skills possible to find the numbers of the friends he was with. Cause I did not have their phone numbers. Um, and like contact both of them. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're at like a, a restaurant slash bar, you know, just, you know, close by. And of course he had continued to drink and was so shit faced by that. And this was a work week night. This was like not a weekend thing. Um, he was so shit faced by the time the baseball game was over. And again, he had not responded to my texts or phone calls. This was the only communication was coming from the friends that I had like tracked down their contact <laughs> information while I'm at the fucking baseball game, you know, trying um, to enjoy an event with friends like an adult. Yeah, like was not possible at that point. Um, and so we track him down, we track them down and he's so drunk that he can't even walk. So I have to literally like, you know, put him around, like put his arm around my shoulder kind of thing and walk him while all of my fucking friends, <laughs> old coworkers and their colleagues, you know, professional colleagues are following me back to their, to my apartment because they have to get their fucking belongings for work the next day. I was, I had never been so mortified. And so he immediately 
gets he's so drunk he gets back into the apartment goes into the bathroom i thought he was about to shower so everyone you know like whatever it's a small apartment everyone finally leaves i walk into the bathroom and he's passed out on the toilet and oh actually he had started the water to get in the shower the water had been running the entire time and guess who paid the water bill it wasn't him um (laughs) and he was just passed out on the toilet while the shower was running so I was like, great. And then the rest of the night, he puked all night uh, on the bathroom floor and kept me awake. And so I was again, Morgan's trying to get rest to go to work. For my work day. Yeah. To pay all of their bills. Yep. Just throwing that out there. Yep. And I was completely (laughs) exhausted the next day and pissed and upset and anxious and hurt and embarrassed and all the fucking feelings. Um, Just an absolute nightmare. And it was just like, okay, this is my mom and boyfriend version. Uh, and, and maybe not even as like he was worse than my mom in a lot of ways with that, <laughs> that experience. Like, I don't even know that you could compare the two, but it, it did really trigger like so many feelings of like a child and, you know, yeah. from my childhood, um, a nightmare, just a literal fucking and, nightmare. Like, the sad part is even when things were going south and the abuse of alcohol continued, Morgan is such a kind person that she legitimately worried about this man. Like when Mm -hmm. she should have just hung him out to dry, she was still Mm -hmm. like worried about his well-being. Like it was awful and pitiful. And it's like, God, you're such a good fucking person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know if being a good person is always in, you know, (laughs) always the best thing for you. Even on good days with him in your relationship, it's like you had to have every moment of every day to do everything that you needed to do just to be okay. Like Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of communication between us. Like I knew that you were super stressed and anxious. Like I knew it was a hard time for you. It's like even when you felt that you were okay and it was the best it could be, it was just so strenuous on you. Oh, it was so strenuous. Well, I mean, it's just like I would it's it's not even like it wasn't even in situations where, you know, everyone else was drinking because like that's one thing like I've been the bitch that gets more drunk than everyone else, whatever. But like this was a regular occurrence. Like I would come home from maybe a dinner with a friend. He would be by himself shit face you know it it was like he was regularly coping with alcohol um yeah yeah I mean he couldn't stay sober to you know attend our second date so that was the red flag um and it was an absolute fucking nightmare and you know there was another person I had dated who I remember we had bonded over the fact that you know he had been a, a user before but you know And his brother was an active user and he he was like, oh, you know, I hate addiction and like all the things. And we too had this like explosive chemistry and like, you know, all the trauma bonding and all the things. And I was crazy about this guy. I was also really young. Um, Yeah. And I just this whole time, like, yeah, we would bond over it, you know, bond over the fact that like addiction was so awful. And he would complain about his brother being an active user and how shitty it was, whatever. And everything would be great with this man. But then he was, was dating him was like dating it was like walking on eggshells, sorry, Mm -hmm. words, walking on eggshells. Um, Like he would be this really kind, like everyone who knew him, like thought of him as like, he was very popular, like very funny, kind, like just people loved being around him. But when he was really drunk or what I thought was just really drunk, turns out it was 
some other stuff too. Um, <laughs> Those chemical reactions, they're not always like, good. <laughs> no, they're not. And I would be like, I was with you all night. Like, this is how much we drank. Like, what is, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but it would be like a light switch would flip and he would like turn into this super angry, scary person. And like, I, I, he was never like physically abusive or anything like that, but like slamming car doors, like slinging his phone across the room, screaming, saying awful things, saying like, suicidal ideations like just like it felt like a completely different person and it was just like holy shit like I had three IPAs and I watched him drink four beers like what what happened well turns out this man was also using pills um it was just like that was my first time really dating someone with with addiction or struggling with addiction um it was just like I felt so dumb because I was like I fucking know this shit yes how did I miss it but it like doesn't all come together to fruition until after it's over exactly because you've you you're over the shit and your rose coat your fucking blinders your glasses are off and you're like oh that sign that sign I missed all the signs like god damn yes that like it's oh it makes me so mad I'm like I'm a professional I'm not a professional but in my mind I'm like I should I'm expert level this shit and I missed it yeah man well you know of course I have some you know these people that have like (laughs) been married since they were teenagers and are like celebrating their 80th anniversary like perks to fucking you because that has not been my journey there have been a lot of relationships and I've had plenty that uh have some really colorful events and endings and you know this one particular time I was just looking for somebody to hook up with I was very clear with my intentions from the get-go. Like, I just want to be a friend with benefits. And, you know, the physical aspect was like, you know, fireworks, like it worked. But then, lo and behold, within a week, it's, you know, the long-term bachelor that nobody's wrangled down. And all of a sudden, of course, oh, he's fallen for me. So, you know, like, I always Mm -hmm. had this bad boy thing anyways. So, like, you know, I'm a single mom at this point. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I wrangled this man down that, like, nobody else could. You know, it's like like, the the fucking challenge, right? That is the challenge of all challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pushing him away, and it's just making him pull me in closer. So, we wound up in a pretty serious relationship where he actually wasn't moved in, but was staying at my residence all of the time. Might as well. He had a lot of shit there too. Oh yeah. Like he was there every day. And you know, from the get go, there were red flags. There was, you know, he was honest about any type of drug use he had had before, which I felt like, oh, we're transparent, you know? Mm -hmm. And he definitely drank pretty much daily. There were some dry periods, but he drank a lot um, for my taste anyways. Yeah. And, you know, there were flags like, I know how much the man makes and he doesn't have many bills, but he never had money, you know? So it was like, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I do make a lot more than him. So like, I I don't know, maybe life's harder than I thought. (laughs) And then we get into seasonal depression and You know, I had some talks with him like, hey, maybe you need to go to the doctor. He called it his demons. But I'm like, no, it's actually called seasonal uh, depression. Like, this is a real thing. Like, yeah, seasonal depression. Like, yeah, it's not your demons. It's it's actually chemically 
it's science, you know? And he was like, no, no, I just got to get through my demons. Well, his demons (laughs) consisted way more of depression at the end of the day than I had thought. About the time that um, and you know, I treated this man well. I gave him back massages every night. Like I was so sweet to him. We enjoyed the arts together, like music and stuff. And about the time that money started disappearing from my child's piggy bank. Oh hell. And no. withdrawals were being made from my debit account without my authorization. I do remember that. And things were disappearing was about when he out of the blue, again, treated the man amazingly, was overlooking all of these red flags. Like I was at motherfucking six flags on like a roller coaster, you know? He looked at me one day and he goes, I need to take a break out of the blue. And at this point, I feel like I was starting to to put some boundaries around myself. And I said, you know what? If you need to think about us or me, let me just make it easy for you. We're done. Yeah. Which was great, except for the fact that my dog died that weekend. I had to go put my dog down by myself with my small child. That's right. Yeah. He would not answer my phone. He immediately ghosted me with all his shit and his vehicle still at my house, which was actually not the first time that that's happened. I don't understand men. I don't understand ghosting. I think that it is cruel. It's like the cruelest fucking thing you can do to somebody who has anxiety. And I'm literally leaving a messages like I'm having to put Jake down my dog, you know, like, yeah, it was fucking horrible to go through alone. So I'm just like, this man is just, he doesn't give a fuck, you know? And so I'm just like, pissed at this point. I wound up going on like a weekend trip so he could come and get his things and leave. And after that, there were other more signs that kept happening where it was really obvious that there was a major drug problem that I was just overlooking. Yeah. I feel like I remember, like, I feel like after he had ghosted you, like, I remember kind of bringing it up to you because I remember being around him and it was a similar thing because this was after the guy I had dated about. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember seeing him drunk a few times and I was like, you know, I've watched how much he has drank and Mm. he's acting strange. Yeah. And and I I remember telling you particular nights. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think my ex as well. Yeah. Or yes. one of the opposite. Yes. Yes. And we and he was like, dude, what the fuck? And we were both just like, what was that? And then once he ghosted you, I was like, Sarah. Like we started putting the pieces together. And, and I, I like, didn't want to believe it even at that point. Right, 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 right. It's hard. It's it's again, it's hard to accept because you're like, I know the signs. Like, I know this very well. Like, surely this wasn't that, not me. Yeah. Uh, and turns out, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Some of the behaviors of people and the way that they treat others. Like, it'll just never make sense to me. But I mean, in high insight, Mm -mm. all the signs were there and I was just doing my best to overlook it, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've I've definitely been guilty of that too. Um, It's hard. Like, I mean, it's hard when you have put in a lot of effort into someone and into a relationship and then you think, well, you know, I'm familiar with addiction or alcoholism. So like, maybe I can help them. And then you go down that path. Oh yeah. Which is not a good path, but actually my my oldest brother literally called this man, my project of the year. Yep. (laughs) As much of an asshole as he can be, he fucking knew. (laughs) He knew. He was, he was on point with that one. He was. Yes. The project of the year. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I also like I'm curious if this is I was thinking about this 
before this episode, like as I was preparing in my head, like, do other people feel the same? Because when I like, for instance, if I'm like dating someone, or even if I'm just like with a friend or something like that, I don't know. And, and I'm sober and they're drunk and they kind of got like unexpectedly drunk. It, it like makes me really, really anxious. And it, it gives me that like unsafe feeling that I felt as a child. And I don't know if that's like a thing for everybody or if that's really just like a me thing. But it's like pretty significant. Or is it like because we don't feel in control of this situation? Yeah. I get that too. Because I'm always, I'm just like, I try to follow all the rules, y'all. I ain't trying to get in trouble with the law. I ain't trying to get, (laughs) you know, like I am trying to like stay on track and like do the best I can in life. So I get paranoid about stuff like that too. Um, It's a very bizarre feeling. Yeah, it doesn't make me paranoid. It just makes me, I don't know, it literally makes me feel unsafe. Not even like, which is, it's not logical, but it just makes me very anxious. And it gives me the same feeling I felt as a kid. And it's it's not that like we're going to get in trouble or somebody's, something bad is going to happen. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Oh no, it. mine goes down all the rabbit trails. Like, Oh, yours does? Yeah. Oh yeah. Safety. Yeah, mine goes a little further. I never like, think about the law. <laughs> we're going to get pulled over. We're going to get a BI. We're going to do this, that. Oh, like, right, right, right. All the things. But start. even just like at that, I'm just referring to like, like living with this person who had clearly had a drinking problem and like coming home from a dinner with fr- a friend, for instance, yeah. and him being drunk when I got home. Like mm-hmm. that makes me feel so anxious and just like so scared. And like, I don't know if other people feel that or if they're just kind of like, oh, he's drunk, whatever. Do you feel you know I mean? irritated as well? Or is it more mm-hmm. just like the insecure feeling? It's irritated as well. And it's just like. Not insecure, but you're like, you're not safe is what I meant. Yeah, it just makes me, it's the same exact feeling I felt as a kid. Like when I knew my mom, especially when my parents were split up and my mom was not sober, it's that same. It must be like a feeling of out of control or like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, it's that homesick feeling. It's kind of it's explaining that homesick feeling that none of us can really target. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can't live with an alcoholic. or We got to know. You guys got to tell us. Do you feel this way? Is it just us? Are we crazy? Well, we know we are, but we manage it really well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would be interested. I'm really dedicated to not ever dating someone again who has an issue with addiction or alcoholism. Yes, absolutely. That's a problem. Those experiences were not fun. And it's just like, no, (laughs) I don't want to do it. (laughs) No. Oh, we've worked too hard. We have worked worked too hard. hard. Yeah. I would be interested to hear if other people who maybe grew up with parents or family members who are alcoholics or addicts have also had similar experiences of dating someone, maybe not realizing it until after the fact, and then being like feeling all the shame about it, all the things. Well, it's like you kind of go back to that age old comment, like you're basically attracted to like your parents, you know, like someone who's similar to your father, if you're, you know, a female that's like heterosexual. And it's like, is this why? Am I really attracted to people that are like my father's, which is a blend of people when you put them both together. But at the end of the day, there's some alcoholism, period. You know, like, yeah, is that what's happening? Is that what had happened? You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. Well, and then there's the the whole concept of like um, dating someone who is really healthy and it being very calm and you thinking like freaking out, th- trying to find something wrong or thinking like, oh, am I bored or whatever, when actually you're just used to chaos and you're used to trauma True. and you're used to, you know, all the things and like calm and healthy and peaceful is not what you're used to. So yeah. it feels it feels uncomfortable. Bad. 
yeah. It feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've had a, a few really healthy dating scenarios, um, as of late. Um, and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is new. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had to really sit with it of like, I don't feel anxious. Does that mean I'm like not attracted or like I'm, <laughs> I'm bored? And I'm like, well, I'm not either one of those things. So yeah. what is this? And I'm like, I think this is just a calm that I'm not used to. Yeah. Like associating like all of those feelings together, the attraction, the, you know, like fiery, like whatever you want to call it with the anxiety and the instability and like all the things. It's like, was it, was it passion or just was it anxiety? Yeah. Or was it just a challenge? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's was like, it just a challenge? Were they not communicating to it's me? Like, so I was just constantly <laughs> wondering or was it yeah. passion? <laughs> like, why is it so easy? Why are things so easy? I'm going to need to make a fight and complicate this shit up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause I need validation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let me stir some drama because that's what I'm used to. We're so toxic, but we're trying. Hey, we're recognizing it and we're trying. So <laughs> but I haven't caused any drama in my healthy dating scenarios lately. Yeah. I, oh, I've, I've just, tried had to sit with it. And then I get communicated with very well in a healthy way. And I'm just <laughs> like, well, God damn it. I wanted to be mad the rest of the day. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, the calm. The calm is weird when you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. The very reasonable responses. <laughs> what? Yeah. Just the, the, the Can you just be defensive and like, yeah. let me get pissed off? <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, I love it. God, we want to hear from you guys. We're going to definitely cool. do some posts on the media respond. We're going to do like a survey or something. We need some, we need some input on this uh, relationships of the past saga. Yeah. We definitely want to hear your dating stories. Yeah. We really want to hear about your relationship stuff. And if you have parallels of uh, kind of your childhood trauma matching your adult dating life and how you know, fun that is. And how you <laughs> handled it. And how you handled it and how you're, you know, maybe trying to not repeat that stuff now. And if you too feel weird with the calm and healthy relationships, yeah. I want to hear all that. So we're trying so hard it. not to repeat the cycle. Yeah, it's exhausting. It's a lot of work, <laughs> but I guess yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of yes. exhausted, little Darcy's been super quiet. She's down here. She's She's been ill this week. She had a little respiratory cold and had to get some fever reducer and she weighs six pounds nine ounces (laughs) (laughs) she's she's literally a small baby (laughs) she's like a newborn baby and that is why i carry her around in my hoodie like a baby (laughs) yeah we'll have to post a picture of poor little sick darcy we will sweet thing and really hasn't interrupted us once What's I, I mean, he I know must be like everything's taken care of. <laughs> we went to the dog park and he did some zoomies, so I guess he's tired now. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> that's the key. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Morgan did all the hard work for y'all. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome, guys. Um, yeah, I think I think that wraps it. We're we will have many more parts to attracted to our trauma. Yes, again, because we have so many colorful dating stories. Uh, so many, so ugh, many. But we're trying to to end that. Um, but yeah, send us your stories. We love you guys. Take care of your mental health. Things are really, really tough right yes. now in the world in general. Um, yes, it's fucking hard. So please put your mental health first. Do what you got to do. Take care and of your physical health. 
decent human beings. We need love and support out there. Be nice to your neighbors, man. Like there's enough hate in the world. And you know what? Go read Morgan's article because it is amazingly (laughs) written. Yeah, read my article, please. Yes. All right. right. Love y'all. We'll talk next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.